All right. So turn over to your Bibles, Matthew 24. And I'm going to hit on a topic that we've all been reading about and all been seeing on the news. COVID-19. Do we know what that is? The coronavirus. Oh my goodness. Someone joked with me and said, hey, the only way you can get rid of the coronavirus is get a little Lyme disease. Again, my jokes fall short of the pulpit. (laughs) But anyway, coronavirus. We see it in the news, right? It's all over the news. If you're on social media, uh, it's it's all over social media. Uh, A friend of mine lives in California, and if you want to see the pictures, I can show them to you later. After service, he sent me a picture. He goes to Costco to get his food, get his groceries, right? And their their shelves are empty. And there was someone, he sent me the picture of an employee guarding a pallet of rice. Because there's only one bag per customer. And people were taking more than they, they were. They're rationing food already. California. We, we, but there are cases everywhere. There are cases of the coronavirus everywhere. Um, if you know anything about the, 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 the disease transmission and how it happens, it all happens through touching. You know, I have some friends that are doctors. They're actually medical doctors. They're not EMTs that claim to be doctors. They're medical doctors. And I, and I, I had the flu a few weeks ago. Um, Got tested. It was a type A flu, not coronavirus. Um, but I asked him, you know, I, I was texting one of my, one of my closest friend, doctor friends, and I said, you know, I was telling him what's going on. He says, just go get tested because, you know, you may have the flu. It's going around. All right. So I did. And he's like, and I said, what about the coronavirus, man? Just, just, just tell me. Could I have the coronavirus? He goes, not unless you've been to China in the last few months. So, but it's here, you know, because people travel. They go all over the world, you know, they come over here and it's, and it's here. We actually have it in Louisiana. Did you know that? The governor approved that we tested at Tulane at the primate center. Poor monkeys. All have the coronavirus now. Monkeys? The primates, yeah, monkeys. So, and yeah, hopefully they don't escape. But anyway, so it's in Louisiana by choice. They allowed it to come here. Hey, bring it to Louisiana. We're smart and Tulane. And let's start. I'm not saying they're not smart. I'm sure they're pretty smart, smarter than me. But why would you bring an epidemic to a state that doesn't have the epidemic to test it and study it? I don't understand that. But anyway, I don't leave the state, so I'm just here pastoring this church. But anyway, the coronavirus has everybody all just, oh my goodness, the coronavirus, the coronavirus. Brother Jock brought his gas mask this morning to Bible study. You know, people are freaking out, man. You know, you go buy those surgical masks, you can go to Walgreens or Walmart, wherever, buy those surgical masks. So I got a little, I got a little, a little pro tip for you. When you put that mask on, it pops out and leaves a little space right there. The coronavirus is airborne. It will go through the mask. I even had to show a video on it during an intervention period at school the other day. And the email was, show this video, not to cause mass hysteria. Well, what do you think it's going to cause? So we listened to this five-minute video 
about the coronavirus and what it, and they explained and they showed the micro, they zoomed in, you know, the microscopic image of it. It looks like one of those little balls you win at the fair that stick on the wall. You know, you throw in it sticks and it goes down, got a little suction cups on it. That's what it looks like. And it's airborne. That's how you're going to get it. It's airborne. Somebody sneezes in your presence that has it, well, you better stop breathing for a few minutes. That's all I'm going to tell you because if you inhale it, you're going to get it. So guess what else? And I'm going to get off the coronavirus because you've already seen it enough. But guess what else is airborne? The flu. And I'm making a point. I'm not saying the coronavirus is not serious. And I'm not saying you shouldn't wash your hands or touch your face. But please wash your hands. And and don't touch your face if you don't have to. Because that helps you not get sick. Period. That helps you not catch the common cold. That helps you not catch the flu. That helps you not catch the coronavirus. There are, they, they've studied this virus. They know, they know all about it. They know what kills it and how long it lasts on certain, on certain surfaces and stuff like that. They know all this stuff. And it's good information. But you should learn about all the things that will make you sick. And until and, and this day, and, and I know when you were growing up as a kid, you know, they were telling you, if you don't want to get sick, wash your hands. Soap and water. Some people even go soap and hot water. Huh? That's what you want to do. Okay, wash your hands. But my point is, is that we're getting all bent out of shape over this. Well, maybe not you. I'm not saying you. When I, when I say we, I, I speak for the whole world. <laughs> you know, they, 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 in China where it started, getting it, and that's ground zero for the coronavirus. I, I can't remember exactly where in China, but it's ground zero. They have welded shut the fish market. Where it started, because it started in fish. They were selling live fish. Okay, it, has to, it came from a live animal, and people were eating the fish, touching the fish, and they got sick. Okay, and they didn't know what it was. Um, so that's how it happened. And then they're on a lot of uh, quarantine over there. You know, people in China were already wearing N95 masks on a daily basis anyway. That's just how they are over there. So it started over there, and then all of a sudden, you know. It, we hear about it, and those people that are that 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 are fearful of everything hear about it, and they start, oh no, you know, just like remember the Ebola. Remember that came here, and we had we had two people came from I forget where it came from, but they they we knew they were coming, and as soon as they got off the plane, they wrapped them in plastic and brought them somewhere and quarantined them. You know, I'm, 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 I'm exaggerating a little bit, but that's pretty much what happened. They caught them at the airport and like, uh-uh, come with us and quarantine these people until they knew they didn't have Ebola. And it was a big old thing, you know. I even made a joke about it in my EMT class because I used shaving cream to teach them how to take off gloves, the little uh, sterile gloves. And I put shaving cream on their hands. It's really slick. You know, that Barbasol foam. And it's really slick. So I tell them not to get any on them because then you've contaminated yourself. Well, I joke with them. I say, tomorrow we're going to practice taking our gloves off, but I'm bringing Ebola, the Ebola virus <laughs> with me. And they're going to put Ebola on your hands. Well, they get all freaked out and worried, some of them, because they're scared, you know. But I, I don't ever do that. I don't have any of that stuff. <laughs> but we, we get freaked out. We see things. These people who, who are fear mongers, is what I'm going to call them, fear mongers, that they're scared of everything. And they see something, they're like, oh, no. 
epidemic. Not only they're fear mongers, but they're attention mongers too. They want attention. So they start blasting all over social media, all over the... And, and you know, when the media gets it, the news, it's all over the place. Now we're in an epidemic. You know, and, 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 and I'm not, I'm not going to sit up here and be, be naive and say that every politician that's been elected in this country is very smart. Some of those politicians are falling right in there. They're calling national emergencies, state emergencies, not national, but state emergencies, regional emergencies. And, I mean, they probably want to get some money, too. I mean, the federal government, oh, you got a state emergency over there? Let's send them money. We're fighting the same thing. The flu is killing more people. The flu has killed more people nationally than the coronavirus has. But I'm, I'm, I, just, I just, you know, you have to, you have to be aware of, of what's going on. I'm, and I'm not trying to tell you that you need to play down the coronavirus or the flu. Wash your hands. Try not to touch your face. If someone is sick and you don't want to get sick, don't go around them. You've been doing this your whole life, haven't you? When she was a baby, her older cousin had pneumonia or was just getting over pneumonia. And he went over there and he's like, hey, hey. I'm like, come here. Get away from her. I didn't know if he was still contagious. I didn't want her to get it. So, you, you, you know, we've been doing that. The coronavirus didn't exist back then. Pneumonia. How many people has pneumonia killed this year? Or this in the, in the past couple of years? You know? So if you don't want to get sick, you've got to take those measures. And that's my, that's my little lesson and talk on the coronavirus and how not to get sick. But you already knew that, right? What I want to focus on is where we as a church stand when something like this happens. The coronavirus is just an example of how the devil may use to cause fear. Remember ISIS? Have you heard about ISIS lately? Mm-mm. Heard about Al-Qaeda lately? The terrorists that bombed the World Trade Center? Have you heard about them lately? Not unless you specifically watch news on what's going on in Afghanistan and Iraq. You know, we just made a deal with them. We just made a peace deal with them and we're about to send troops home now. Did you know that? See, because the fear mongers have you focused on other things. I'm not going to get in. I'm not going to tell you how to, to lead your social life and your media life, but how it refers to the Bible. Now, I'm going to tell you in Matthew 24, verses three through eight. And I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to be a fear monger. I'm just reading what Jesus said. Because you need to be aware, Christians. And you need to be prepared. Verse 3, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of age? Because we all want to know when the world's going to end, right? Yeah. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. Hmm. That's important. Take heed that no one deceives you. Because see, what the world is trying to do is trying to get your attention. Let me rephrase. The devil is using the world to try to divert your attention from the Bible, from what Jesus is teaching. Take heed that no one deceives you. 
Verse 5. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. Have you guys ever looked up people who claim to be Jesus? You should. It's funny. He says it right here. Many will come. Many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. Many have come saying that they were Jesus Christ. And they're all dead. They're all dead right now. I haven't seen a new one yet. I'm sure it's coming though. But Jesus says it's going to happen. I'm not prophesying. He says right here that it's going to happen. Verse 6, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Have we seen wars? Have we had rumors of wars? The fear mongers tried to get us into World War III with Korea. North Korea. The fear mongers in the media tried to start a war. And what did our president do? He went over and shook hands with the man. And was the first president to cross over the line. For like 50 years, I think. Fear mongers. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and pestilences. We see nations fighting against each other. You know, we've seen it in the past. Well, let's not just talk about today. We talk about North Korea, South Korea, North Vietnam, South Vietnam. Uh, Iraq invading Kuwait. You know, y'all know this stuff. It's happening right now. It's happening right now. Some of the stuff we don't even know about. Because it's so minor and minuscule. Look at, look at how many times, how long, let's just say how long they've been trying to take the country of Israel out. Huh. A long time. Right? That's biblical. We can, we can talk on that in a, in a class. We don't have to talk on it today in, in this setting. But we can, we, can, we can have a Bible study on that. Of why they've been trying to take Israel out and they've been unsuccessful. Because God said He would protect His people. And there will be famines and pestilences. People are starving all over the world. People are starving all over, even in this country. People are starving all over the world. Pestilence is a disease, an epidemic. And this was the first, this is the first place God sent me when he said, hey, please talk about fear and hope Sunday. And this is what I want you to say. Pestilence is a disease, a major disease or an an epidemic. We see in the Old Testament how many plagues God God sent to uh, Egypt. But even after that, even after that, now, today, we, we could go ahead and call the flu an epidemic. Could we not? The coronavirus could possibly be an epidemic, like the flu. And he also says in earthquakes in various places. How many, how many of you have heard of the earthquakes happening in this country that you're like, where? 
Where was that earthquake? Are you kidding me? We only thought earthquakes happened in California. Miami? Louisiana? Yes, right here in Louisiana. Tennessee? <laughs> you know? I'd imagine myself being in the mountains and an earthquake happened and I'd sliding right down the hill. <clears throat> but I'm just reading the Bible, folks. I'm just reading it straight from the Scripture. And then I'm looking around at what's going on in my world. In your world. I'm not making any of this up. You've seen it. Right? So the problem is, though, when we see these things, we forget about what it says in the Scripture. We forget about that Jesus said this is going to happen. And then we're like, oh, no, what are we going to do? Go, let's go to Costco and buy everything. Let's go get all these surgical masks. They're not going to help us anyway. And, oh, no, we can't even find hand sanitizer on the shelf anymore. Man, the soap companies and the hand sanitizing companies, they're making billions of dollars right now. They probably can't keep up with supply and demand. I grew up drinking from a water hose. Playing in the dirt. Coming inside with a runny nose, wiping my hand like this. Touching everything in the kitchen, even though my mama said, don't you touch, your, don't you touch this kitchen boy with them dirty hands. I did it anyway. <laughs> Those things existed back when I was a kid too. Back when you were kids. Those of you who are older than me in here, which is 90% of you. <laughs> yes, they laughed. <laughs> so, we didn't die. But kids now, I mean, let, let me get off on a little tangent. Like Kids nowadays don't go outside. You know, their vitamin D lacks. You could just look at them and say, you need to take some vitamins. You need to drink some OJ. Get out in the sun a little bit, you know. I was, I was so cold yesterday, and I, I, you know, I sweat, even in the cold. This is one of the throw a football, okay? And I was out there throwing a football with it because we were outside. Then it was a Frisbee. Didn't care how sore I was going to be the next day, but I was okay, thank God. But you know, we grew up with these things where, you know, these were epidemics we heard about in, in these countries who didn't have electricity, running water, money. What's that? Vaccines, immunizations. They didn't have all that stuff. That's what we, that's, as, I, as a kid, and I'm sure as you're a kid, that's what we heard epidemics. Did you know right down the street, there used to be a town in the 1800s? Y'all knew about that place? Rudolph? Germans settled it. Hurricane took them out. These people had to build, their road was marsh. And they had to build a road out of wood just so they could walk through town. We would die nowadays if we had to have us. Because we are so scared of what might happen. I mean, have you seen Rudock? It's the middle of nowhere. I'm sure there were snakes, gators, coons. Beavers, whatever else, black bears live back there. They were probably more of a problem than the flu. Coyotes, whatever lives back there. Critters. And mean ones. 
<laughs> Here we go. I knew, I knew someone was going to say the Rougarou. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> hey, look. In the middle of the night, a rabid raccoon could pass for the Rougarou. I'm just going to be honest with you, okay? But anyway, I mean, if you think about back in the day, those people weren't scared. They, those people walked into that swamp and said, we're going to live right here. What you, if I took a hundred of our youth, we'll say between, the 18, between 18 and 25, and we say, hey, come over here, let's go down to Rudolph. We're going to settle a town right here. They're going to pick up their phone and say, hey, look, um, my calendar says I got an appointment. Uh, you know, I got to go. I don't get any service out here. I can't get on TikTok or Instagram. <laughs> Don't ask them to do manual labor. I'm getting off on the subject here. But I'm, I was trying to prove a point. Back in the day, we, didn't, we, didn't, we weren't scared. Brother Carl was telling a story this morning about how they had no running water or electricity. Bathroom. Summertime, he took a bath on a, in a tub on the back porch and in the wintertime behind the stove because it was hot because they used it for heat. Six years old, they put poles up. He didn't know what they were. Mama said they're getting electricity. You don't mind if I tell this, huh? Mama said they're getting electricity. By the age of seven, they had lines run. And how many lights did y'all have? Maybe two. Maybe two. Oh, wow. In the whole house. And no doors. No doors. And no screens. Nobody locked the doors. They didn't have a I mean, and I'm sure some of I just heard that story this morning, so that's why I used it. But I'm sure back in the day, there was a little bit of fear about what was going to happen next. But my point is, is that Jesus said all of the things we see all over the world is going to happen. And, and, the, and the main thing that he, the main point that he makes at the end of this passage in verse 8, he says, all these things are the beginning of sorrows. And now he's talking about when he's coming back. Okay, he said all this is going to happen. This is just the beginning. Some of your Bibles say this is the beginning of the birth pains. Okay, he's referencing contractions a woman starts to have, but when she goes, starts going into labor. Okay, this is just the beginning. He says. So, turn over to Psalm ninety-one because I believe. As a, as, a, as, a, as a country, as a world, we have turned our focus from Jesus, the one true hope, the one true protector who could save us or protect us from all of these things that we experience. Psalm 91. Psalm 91. We're going to read verses 1 through 6. And this is your reminder. This is what God says your reminder is. Verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him I will trust. Verse 3. Surely He shall deliver you. Pay attention. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. 
Verse 4, he shall cover you with his feathers. Some of your Bibles say, might say pinions. That's a feather. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Verse 5, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. So as a world, as a Western church, because I can't speak for other countries, but what I see in the United States of America, the Western church, Christians, Bible believers, Christ followers, we have lost our hope that he will be, he will cover us with his wings. He will protect us from and shield us from all of the bad things that will happen. See, it takes me back to that one little verse that Jesus says, faith as little as a mustard seed will move a mountain. If we don't have that type of faith, how can we ask God, or how can we believe God will protect us? I, I, I've asked God for things and not truly believe that he would do it. I've done it. Because I felt like that was, the last, that was my last hope. I tried to fix it all myself. And then I said, well, it ain't going to work for me. So, hey, God, I need this. And still didn't believe he'd do it. And it, didn't, he, it never happened. But I'll tell you what did happen in my life. His will. His will that he surely let me know about. I mean, you know, when he tugs on your heart. Gives you that push. And you're like, mm, I don't know, God. Maybe. That's kind of scary. I don't know. What if God asked you to go to China right now and be a missionary? Hmm. Coronavirus and all. Would you go? Sell everything? Pack it up? Give it to the poor? Save enough for a plane ticket and some food? And go to China? Would you go? But oh God, well, I mean, I mean, I mean, coronavirus. There's millions of people in China. The coronavirus, God. Yeah, I'm bigger than the coronavirus. I'm just using that as an example because that's what's so hot right now in the media. Would you go? If he said, hey, sell everything, give it to the poor. Save enough for a plane ticket and some food and go to California. Stand outside of Costco because that's where everybody's going. <laughs> Would you go? Well, they're crazy over there because of the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. That's what I said. I know that. God's already been there, remember? He's there right now. Would you go? Would you rely on what it says in Psalms 91 that he would protect you? He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence? I don't know. <laughs> I know when I was 18, I sure didn't want to be in the ministry. I don't want to have to deal with everybody's problems. I just wanted to sing a song, get off the pulpit, and go do my thing. God had other plans. There have been things that God's asked you to do. 
Have you done them? Look at Jonah. Jonah, go to Tarshish and tell these people this word that I have. Oh, no. They'll surely kill me. He left. He went to go to Nineveh. And he, he left and went to Tarshish. He boarded a boat to Tarshish. And then he said, they woke him up and said, hey, it's because of you that we're all about to die on this boat. You need to get off. And Jonah said, you're right. It is. Let me out. And he jumped off. And the storm quit. Big fish swallowed him up. God didn't speak. Jonah was praying in the belly of the fish. He was praying to God in the belly of the fish. which God didn't even speak to him. He spoke to the fish and said, spit him up on the shore of Nineveh. I'm, gonna, I'm here to tell you right now, if you, don't, if you don't answer to what God has asked you to do, He's surely going to spit you up on the shore of Nineveh. It might not be today. It might not be tomorrow. It took 25 years for me. I don't know when, but He's going to do it. And let me tell you another thing. I wasn't even a Christian when He called me. Hmm. Let's just think about it, church. But why have we lost our hope in the protection of God? Let me, I don't want you to turn there because there's, there's, there's five of them that I'm going to read to you. And I want to read to you. I wrote them down so I don't have to flip to them myself. Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. If you want to know what these are later on, you come up here, I can, I can show you the verses. You can write them down. Romans 12, 12. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. Hmm. Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, and the conviction of things not seen. And one of my favorites, Isaiah 40, 31. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God says, rely on him. Get under his wings and he will renew your strength and you will not grow weary or faint. And I want to end in Acts 28. You can go ahead and turn there. Acts 28, we're going to read verses 1 through 6. Verses 1 through 6. Now... <laughs> I'll tell you a little, as you're turning there, a little, a little history about this verse and how it gets twisted, or how it has been twisted in the past. And some churches, um, I don't know what they're, they call themselves, you may know, they, they, uh, they've read this passage in the Bible, and, and you know, the snake-biting the snake biting churches? You, you, ever, you ever heard of those, where they, they got the snakes and they pass them around, and it's okay if you believe and you get bit, you won't die? 
Okay. Well, that that's a that's a twist of scripture, folks. Okay, <laughs> just letting y'all know that. Uh, don't be reaching down there and grabbing snakes by the head. I mean, unless you just know how to do it, you know. Without getting bit, this old boy ain't doing it. I'm calling somebody. <laughs> I'm just telling you. You probably said somebody's brave enough to do it. Well, I ain't that fast. Let's put it that way. And if I miss and that thing comes after me, I'm done. Verse, <laughs> chapter 28, verse 1. Now, when they had escaped, they found out that the island was called Malta. And the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome. Because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But, verse 3, but when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. Now, if you know anything, uh, if, 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 if somebody tells you the snake is a viper, it's venomous. Okay? So, and when it says it's fastened on his hand, I mean, it bit him. Okay? And it got him. Verse 4, so when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom, though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not follow, does not allow to live. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and saw that he was a God. Now, Paul didn't walk around saying he was a God, but these people didn't know any better. That's what they thought. So the point behind this passage is that sometimes things are going to happen. Sometimes we're going to take the bite from the viper. This is, this is, uh, you can apply this to your life and however you want. But if we take ourselves, and, and Paul's like, hey, you know what? Yes, I got bit by a snake, a venomous snake. He says, you know, I, I believe in a healing God. I believe in a God that's protecting me. I dwell within the Lord. I abide under the Lord my God Almighty. And he shook the, the snake off his hand. And he was okay. I just told you that I see a viper. I'm going the other way. So I want you to know I'm preaching to myself on this now. Okay? I'm just saying, I'm fearful. We all have that, 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 that certain amount of fear in our lives. Now, some, some, I'm going to call some of it intelligence. If I see a snake over there and I know good and well that I'm not fast and it's venomous, my intelligence is going to tell me, don't go over there. And I think Paul would have done the same thing if he just saw the snake. The snake snuck up on him. Okay? So, my fear, I guess my fear is trying to tell me something here. But if we get blindsided by something... The media is blindsiding us right now, not just about the coronavirus, about everything. This, this nation is so divided right now, it's unreal. It's unreal. We remember what Abraham Lincoln said about a house divided. Not that he's scriptural or anything, but I mean, he had a, had a good point. But how long are we going to allow the fear of this world to abide in us and the fear that they're trying to push, the, the propaganda, the agenda that they're trying to push on us, how long are we going to allow it to stay in our hearts and cause us to leave and, and, and turn away from the faith of God? 
and God's protection. How long are we going to do it? The Bible is very clear, church. Everything I talked about today, I read straight from the Scripture. Everything I compared, I compared straight to the Scripture. It's, it's not hard. It's not rocket science. It's not brain surgery. I, I, can't, I can't emphasize enough how important the Word of God is in our lives. So as, the, as Yvonne comes up and plays the invitation, the altar is open. You can stay right where you're at. If you need to reconcile anything with God, if you need to rededicate, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, don't leave this church. People, if you don't know Jesus, you are not under His protection. Today's the time for decision. And as we listen to the song, remain in prayer.